0: Before we reached our preteen years, we learned about the curse. Then we heard the adults around us talk about the change. Ooh, Aunt Jackie is going through the change. But there's a wicked stepsister, a middle sibling, if you will, and her name is perimenopause. Hello, and thanks for listening. My name is Chris. I'm 49 years old, and I'm perimenopausal. So what does that mean exactly? Well, I'm straddling symptoms of the curse, a euphemism for your period and all of the symptoms that come along with it, and the change, another euphemism for those menopausal symptoms associated with hormonal imbalance like mood swings and hot flashes. Did you know you can be on your period and have hot flashes at the same time? (laughs) How the Harry and the Hendersons was this not mentioned in my womanhood syllabus? Like, what happened to the after-school special or the schoolhouse rock song for perimenopause? It was always my understanding that you'd have a period for a few decades, and when it stops, bam, you're in menopause. I didn't learn until my early 40s there's an additional assignment to womanhood behind curtain number two, that stage before reaching menopause. And it looks like you may not be able to graduate to menopause until you've completed it. Oh, and it could take anywhere from two to ten years. Now, The Golden Girls is one of my favorite sitcoms to this day because there are so many women issues addressed in those classic episodes. There is one episode where Blanche thought she was pregnant because she missed a few periods and wasn't even sure who the father would be. (laughs) Girl. When she goes in for her doctor's appointment, he informs her that she's not pregnant. She's going through menopause. She starts having a fit about it because being in menopause equates to being old to her. And Rose talks about how the curse wasn't talked about in her family because it was a taboo topic, hence the veiled label. So Sophia chimes in as only Sophia can and says, What's the big deal? I got it, nobody told me. I didn't get it, nobody told me. I figured this is life and went back to my meatballs. Now she wrapped it up in a nice little bow. But no matter if you're 25 or 55, you know the difficulties associated with women's reproductive and post-reproductive years from the heavy periods, menstrual cramps, and backaches in your teens to brain fog and night sweats as you transition into menopause. This transition is called perimenopause, peri meaning around menopause, and again could take from two to ten years to get through. You're technically not in menopause until you've missed 12 consecutive periods, but don't hang your hat on that. I know a few people who thought it was over after a year of no period and it decided to pay a surprise visit. (laughs) Also, if if you've had a partial hysterectomy like I have and you still have your ovaries, you can't really judge by the missed period, right? Because your ovaries could still be releasing eggs, but they just get absorbed in your body. Your doctor will have to test your hormone levels to let you know if you're truly in menopause. But that can be challenging, too, because your hormones are in flux at any given time of the month. So I want to share my experiences and what I found through research and those, oh my gosh, me too, conversations with friends and colleagues, as well as what my women's health doctor did not prepare me for. And yes, I'm blaming her. (laughs) This thing that may impact a good chunk of your adult life. I want to destigmatize talking about women's health. Like, why is it taboo just because it's a female issue? Let's normalize talking about it openly just like they've normalized commercial ads for erectile dysfunction every five minutes. Like, why aren't we seeing commercials with doctors encouraging women to inquire about those symptoms that they're experiencing? I didn't even hear about perimenopause until I was in my 40s, but I should have been preparing for it, not just hearing about it midlife crisis. I'll discuss those perimenopausal symptoms like irregular periods and hot flashes. And whoever coined this term flash never experienced them. Uh, Brain fog, mood swings, weight gain, changes in your skin, hair loss, vaginal dryness, low libido, low motivation. But today let's start with hot flashes. When you think of the word flash, a flash of lightning occurs in a split second. The light flashed red all done in seconds. No, a hot flash or what I heard one doctor uh, call it a power surge can last several minutes. It's intense and there's no knob on the thermostat you can use to turn it down. Someone told a friend of mine, it's like the sun now lives inside you. If you're experiencing these power surges, what do you call them? Do you call them hot flashes or night sweats or some other cute name for them? Now, you will know when you're experiencing a hot flash for the first time. It's intense, sudden, radiating heat that ignites in your body. For me, it radiates from my core throughout my body and throughout the day. It's not just at night. For some people, it's severe where they are dripping in sweat for several minutes, several times throughout the day. For some, it's just a little perspiration but annoying nonetheless. For some, it just happens at night. Uh, For some, all times of the day. And by the way, a hot flash and, and night sweats are basically the same thing. Just one occurs at night. I noticed mine were coming at night when I first started having them. And then I started tracking that they were coming seven days before my cycle started. I used one of those period tracking apps that allowed you to input your symptoms. And I would wake up drenched in sweat from my neck down between my thighs. And let me tell you now, vaginal sweat is the worst, most annoying kind of sweat to wake up to in the middle of the night. Because of this self-igniting furnace inside my body that turns on at will, I would have to throw off my sheets and comforter and allow whatever air was circulating the room to try to cool me down. I actually have one of those standing tower fans with the remote control my mother gave me because she knew I was going to need it one day. The gifts you start getting for your birthdays and other holidays revolving around perimenopause issues, you'll really start to appreciate. And I like my room cold when I go to bed so I can snuggle into my sheets and comforter and a blanket on top of that. (laughs) But when that sweat hits you and wakes you up in the middle of the night and you have to throw everything off, all you feel is this cold sweat because your body is perspiring or sweating. And the cool air from the room falls on you, but your body is still radiating heat for several more minutes. And nights of disrupted sleep like that is bound to make anyone a little cranky by morning and fatigued by midday. This is all because the estrogen levels in our bodies are in flux. There are natural supplements you can take or your doctor can prescribe HRT or hormone replacement therapy which we'll discuss in the next podcast. You'll start to notice changes with your skin. Like I've been breaking out like a teenager and I didn't even break out like a teenager as a teenager. I was even getting cysts, uh, which lie deeper under the surface of your skin that take forever to dissolve, (laughs) but would just hang out for the longest time. I've had acne scars, which were becoming more prevalent and not fading away like they used to. You're aging, so some areas of your skin is becoming crepey all of a sudden, and you're trying to figure out a new skincare regimen. Listen, don't let anyone fool you. Black does crack. The saying was, good black don't crack. So I don't know who took out the good part, (laughs) but it's needed to complete the saying. If you're a person of color, yes, you'll have more melanin, so your skin won't age as quickly or as much as some of our sisters with less melanin but it will crack. <laughs> so find moisturizing products that work for you. People used to ask me what products I used to, <laughs> what products I used on my face. And I would just shrug and say, oh, I just use ivory soap. That was probably five or six years ago. I wouldn't dare use ivory on my face now unless I wanted to look like Freddy Krueger for a Halloween or something. And new issues like this alone can affect your self-esteem and your mood. And I highly recommend self-help. Finding a therapist as you try to navigate these changes that are happening to you while everyone is expecting you to continue to operate as normal. Sometimes these changes creep up on you because you're working constantly or adulting constantly. And one day you look down at your leg and wonder, whose leg is that? (laughs) Because you're now seeing broken veins and crepey skin and there's sunken eyes and dark circles, dermal collapse where your cheeks and your jawline just give up and go the way of gravity. So you scramble to find ways to improve what nature is trying to take away. It's stressful. I mean, typically, if you're in your 20s and early 30s, maybe you're not thinking about menopause and you're like, okay, that's for women in their 50s who've already had their last egg released and they're going through a little something, something. No, there's a pre-stage called perimenopause that I knew nothing about until my 40s. Even my OBGYN said it so casually during a routine visit that I had to stop her to ask what the heck she was talking about. I think I mentioned I was waking up sweating at night. I was in my early 40s mind you and she just casually mumbled something about oh you're just going through perimenopause. I remember thinking wait let me check my vocabulary store because I feel like I should know what this means since she glossed over it so casually Um, but I asked her to clarify and she again casually went over some of the symptoms I might experience. Again, not prepared, unawares, why didn't we learn this in sex education class or get some type of pamphlet in the mail around age 30? While these changes are happening, you may be going through changes with your fertility, issues with fibroids, hysterectomies, endometriosis. I'll tell you about my experience dealing with fibroids and the procedures I've had. But fibroids affect more black women than any other race. So make sure you have a doctor who has studied fertility issues in black women. If your doctor recommends a hysterectomy as your first option and you're just in your 30s or early 40s, you need to see another gynecologist for a second opinion. And know the difference between an OBGYN and a GYN specialist. And we'll talk about that in a future podcast when I talk about some of the procedures I've had for fibroids. But basically, your OBGYN is the one you go to for your fertility health. You want to have children, but you may be having some issues. A GYN specialist really wants to just fix whatever is wrong, so they're going to snatch out (laughs) whatever is causing the problem. They're not really focused on your fertility health. Also, please consider freezing your eggs. There are so many options for women who want to have children but it may not feel like the right time for you or you just haven't found a mate who's not a narcissist or a sociopath. <laughs> okay, a few years back, I checked into this, but wasn't really proactive about it. But I do know that some insurance carriers, depending on where you live, like in Maryland, will cover a good portion of your fertility cost, like for in vitro fertilization. Now, with all this going on in your body, your mind, your life, before you actually enter menopause? Shouldn't we have received the updated syllabus by now? Like I'm serious about the syllabus. There's a lot to unpack and in the next podcast I'll talk about what's really happening to your hormones during this time and another symptom of perimenopause, mood swings, and how it relates to but is really worse than PMS. And we'll also talk about HRT and natural supplements. Until next time, thanks for joining me. And remember, the curse has a wicked stepsister and her name is Perry Menopause.